Let us pray. O Holy Spirit of God, take my lips and speak through them. Take our minds and think through them. Take our hearts and set them on fire with love for thee. Amen. It's wonderful to be here at our cathedral today, particularly with such a, a fine and large confirmation class. Uh, confirmands, I'm going to speak a few words to you this morning, but I'm inviting everyone to listen in. They have to do with what you're about to experience and what we're about to do. You know, every liturgical church, that is churches with, with, with set liturgies on Sunday morning, churches for the most part that have uh, orders of priests and deacons and bishops and a lively lay congregation such as this one, all have some rite of initiation. Usually, baptism followed by confirmation. If baptism promises are made sometimes for those of us baptized in our infancy by others, our parents, our godparents. And then when the time comes for confirmation, we step up to the plate and make a, a mature, informed, uh, a, a wonderful decision that we're going to accept those promises as our own. We confirm those promises, and therefore it's called a confirmation. Well, lots of other churches have rites of initiation too. Uh, many churches, some of our more, more Protestant uh, brothers and sisters, uh, will have at the end of a service in church what's called an altar call. Uh, the preacher will invite uh, uh, those who who've been moved by his words, who've been moved by the preaching of the gospel, who've decided to make Jesus Christ the centerpiece of their lives, invite them to come forward and have a prayer uh, said, said over them. And oftentimes then a baptism may occur either that day after the service or maybe weeks later at a special baptismal service. On September the 8th, 1967, I got my driver's license. This was in North Carolina. I just turned 16 years of age. And I had special plans for that evening. It was a Friday night in Raleigh, North Carolina. And my plan was to go and meet three or four of my buddies on Hillsborough Street, I would add, near State College, where there was a bar called the Players Retreat that we knew we could go to even though we were only 15 or 16 and be served whatever we liked. And there might have even been a couple of girls waiting for us when we got there. I went to my father, my 16th birthday now, my father who had just bought a brand new 1967 Oldsmobile 98 and said, Daddy, I've got plans for tonight and I'd like to borrow your car. And he looked at me and said, well, what, what are you going to do? I said, Daddy, I'm going to go to Carter-Finley Stadium at NC State, right off of Hillsborough Street, and hear Billy Graham preach. <laughs> well, my father looked at me kind of quizzically, but he said, well, 
here, here, son, here are the keys. Now, be careful, it's raining, and don't stay out too late. And, but listen, listen carefully to the message that you're going to hear tonight. So I took the keys and headed out the door and got in the car and sat there for maybe more than just two or three minutes reflecting on what I had just experienced. A father who had looked at me kind of quizzically when I said I was going to go hear Billy Graham, a father whom I knew had once been 16 years of age himself, and as I reflected on it, I made a decision. Best decision I made all night, and that was to go to Carter Finley Stadium to the Billy Graham rally. And so I did. It was raining cats and dogs by the time I got there. I had to wait for the service to start, but it did start, and uh, uh, George Beverly Shea sang his heart out, and, and, and then Billy Graham preached. And Billy Graham was standing out on a little low platform in the middle of the football field, no canopy over him, nobody holding an umbrella. He had his floppy Bible open in front of him, and he and the Bible were both getting drenched. I still remember all Billy Graham had on to protect him from the rain was one of those old uh, London fog raincoats that really never kept you dry. And he stood there and he preached and he preached and he got wetter and wetter. And that was the moment when I knew I never wanted to do that for a living. <laughs> well, the end of the sermon came and Billy Graham said to all of us there, if we, if we wanted to commit our lives to Jesus Christ, we should come forward and let him say a prayer over us. And I watched new thing in my experience. I watched this first two and three people and then a half a dozen here and a half a dozen there and finally 20 and 30 and then hundreds, maybe thousands poured out onto that muddy field to stand there in front of the great preacher and let him pray over them. Well, I sat and I watched but I've never forgotten. I've never forgotten the challenge of that moment the meaning of an altar call, the, the, the meaning of being in the presence of so many other people who have been moved by a message and who have been, whose lives have been changed and who want to come forward to have their lives prayed over. I drove home that night through the rain, got home safely and not too late. And then it began to occur to me what had happened that evening. The change in my life hadn't happened just because I went to hear Billy Graham preach, because I heard the gospel of Jesus Christ laid out so clearly and his death and resurrection explained so powerfully. That changed me. But what really changed me that night was my father and his behavior. Because in his quizzical look, I knew that he knew the truth. I understood he had once been 16, just like me, and he had once had buddies to go off with, too, in his father's car. But my father never wagged a finger at me, 
<laughs> never chided me, never reprimanded me, never said, John, I know you're telling me a fib, and I'm not going to give you the car keys. No, John, drive safely. Don't stay out too late. He loved me into doing as I should have done. It was his love. It was his generosity. It was his, his reaching out his hand to me, literally, with those keys in it and saying to me, John, the decision is yours to make. And without words saying, I care about you, and I'm praying for you, and I want you to make the right decision. Now, have fun tonight. Enjoy Billy Graham. Isn't that the way the Christian life is? We are so often changed by love. That's what Jesus does on the cross. Jesus doesn't reprimand us. Jesus doesn't chide us. Jesus doesn't wag his finger at us from up on the, up on the, the, the thorny wood. Jesus says, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus turns to the thief and says, come join me in paradise. Jesus loves us into new life. Jesus loves us into resurrection. Jesus loves us into becoming men and the women, the Christians whom he has called us to be. Now that was the 16th birthday gift I received from my father. My father who loved me, prayed me, and cared about me so much that he trusted me to do the right thing. You know, the only conversation we had about uh, the Billy Graham sermon and my experience at Carter Finley Stadium was how bad the rain was, and he knew I must have gotten soaked, and yeah, Daddy, I did, and also, well, did, did, did you learn anything last night? And I was able to look at him, at my father, and very honestly say, I learned so much on my 16th birthday. Amen.